Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. That lets me know what I have to teach. I have to teach. I, I thank you, Lord. I, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It, you're right, Andrea. The last time the enemy acted like this, we had church. So let's get positioned to work. Thank you. Can you do me a favor? If you're logging on, just go share the video everywhere. The enemy do, did his best to interrupt this video today. It made no sense what just happened. It made no sense. It made no sense. It was saying I was active and live right but then it was turning around and showing you guys I wasn't there and I was there so we thank you father God that the blood of Jesus is around this devotional we thank you that the word will go forth today that I'm going to teach according to every principle and every precept that the word of the Lord is in my mouth today and that I will walk in the fullness and the glory of the Lord I'm not going to allow the enemy to withhold from me this morning I know my day is full and I'm going to get this word out so Lord we thank you for your word we thank you for your word we thank you for your word we thank you 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 go on and settle here we thank you 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 that's why you need to share that that's even more so why it needs to be shared that's why it needs to be shared it needs to be shared today we thank you Lord God we thank you for your work so yesterday we started talking about God us being a spirit and us being in truth, this is the, oh, it's going forward. I'm not, I'm not messed up. I, I, it, I, it's going forward. It's going forward. I'm not messed up. And we talked about acting or imitating God. And the scripture we used as our springboard scripture was Ephesians five. And when God gave us this, he was saying to us, I have made you in my image. And so in my likeness. And so I need you to go and rule. I need you to go and rule. That's why you need to share the devotional. That's why you need to just act like, put it everywhere, drop it in some social groups when he's studying when when the enemy acts ignorant i just press back in I'm, i don't have time for him he doesn't have authority in my life he has no authority in my life god has shown me that i'm a spiritual person and i just live in an earth suit the same authority that was given to jesus christ has been given to me and as i am being transformed in the word and as you are being transformed in the word we're going to walk in the likeness and the image of christ and we're going to accomplish what god needed us to accomplish on this this earth first john 2 15 and 7 says do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in them for all that is in the world the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the father but it is from the world and the world is passing away along with its desires but whoever does the will of God abides forever whoever does the will of God abides forever and so I want to talk to you a little bit this morning. I need to talk to you more about binding and loosing, right? Because we have been taught to bind and loose, but we haven't really understood what binding and loosing means. We haven't understood what authority it means. And if we're going to imitate God, right? If we go over to Matthew and he says, I built Peter, I built upon my church. I built you. I give you the keys of heaven. I built this on my church. I'm building the church. What was he referring to? What keys was he giving us? What was he saying? And remember, remind yourself, I cannot talk about this in my spiritual man. This isn't according to my spiritual man. This is according to, I mean, my natural man. This is according to my spiritual man. And the enemy didn't want me to get this in my natural man. He wanted me to be so consumed with the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He wanted to 
me to be so consumed with so many different things that I would not walk into the fullness of who God called me to be. That was his intention. Uh, that's what he wanted to do. He didn't want me to walk in the freedom of who Christ said I was. He didn't want me to understand who and what God said I was. He didn't want me to have revelation and knowledge of my authority here on earth. He did not want that. That was not his intent. As a matter of fact, he wasn't interested in that happening, happening. And so I'm just saying to you, you got to get revelation of who you are as a spirit because it's your spiritual authority that you walk in. It's your spiritual authority that's getting ready to give you leverage over the enemy. After today, you're going to understand what it means about binding and loosing and what was the Lord saying to us and what authority. And you're not going to be so tolerable of so many things. As a matter of fact, you're going to make a decision after today that I'm not going to tolerate these things in my life. I'm not going to have tolerance for sin. I'm not going to have tolerance for things that do not align with the word of God, because I am very clear of what the word says about me. And here is what the word says about me. I was born of God. And when I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and savior, I became more like God and I could operate. And so let's talk about these keys in the kingdom. And then I want to show you how important it is for presence. And I want you to show, show you how important it is. So the Bible uses a key uses a key as a symbol of authority. In Isaiah 22 and 22, we see Elkim, the priest, receiving the key of the house of David on his shoulder. He was a trusted servant to the king, wore the key to the king's house on a hook on his shoulder, and had authority to open and close the king's house. And so when he was giving key, key, Peter keys, come on, Holy Spirit, when he was giving Peter keys, he was saying, I am giving you the authority. That's what Jesus was saying. I am giving you this authority right here. I'm handed. Don't get distracted by all that. Don't even worry about all that. Go, pay attention. He said, I'm giving you the authority. I am giving you keys. I am giving you the authority, right? And, and he says this later in the scripture that whatever is bound, right? Whatever is bound on earth and bound in heaven. But you got to interpret that differently, which makes sense to what we learned in Bible study. It says it's important to realize that the rock uh, in Matthew 16 and 18 was not Peter. Peter was not the rock. Peter was the apostle. Peter was the person teaching the word. Um, Jesus is the key, chief cornerstone. Jesus is the rock. He is that rock in first Corinthians 10 and 14. It's upon the rock of Jesus that our faith stands. So it's not even really on you. That's the first thing you got to begin to understand. It's not on you. It's on Jesus. It's not on you. It's on Jesus. It's not on me. It's on Jesus. It's not on me. You know, how gang members will say, put it on the blood. It's not on me. It's on the blood. See, if I understand, that it's on the blood, then I take it away from myself. If I understand that it's on the blood, if I understand who it's really on, if I understand that the power and authority that's given to me in Christ Jesus has absolutely nothing to do with me, then I will change my position and I will invite more of Christ in my life. So it's not on you. So within regard to Matthew 16 and 18, the words thee and thou in King James are singular forms, right? And so Jesus was specifically referring to Peter, but in the same time, he was acknowledging Peter as being the spokesperson. So when he 
he's saying to Peter, I'm going to give you guys the keys. What I'm doing is I'm activating the power that you should have in Christ Jesus. I'm activating the power that you should have in Christ Jesus. I'm giving you what you need to be successful. I'm giving you what you need to share the gospel. I'm giving you what you need so that you can go and carry out my will on this earth. I'm activating you. And when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the same thing happened to you. You were given certain keys and you are being activated. Can I... Can I tell you something? When he grabs the keys from hell, can I share this with you? Like, I don't want to say nothing outside the Holy Spirit, but I need you to understand this by the Spirit. All the hell you've gone through has given you certain keys. All the hell you've gone through has given you certain keys. All the things you've been through has given you a certain authority to be able to walk on things. So you got to get that. You got to understand that in your spirit. That's why the enemy didn't want you to understand your authority. That's why the enemy didn't want you to know who you were in Christ Jesus. That's why the enemy was trying to wrap up your mind. That's why the enemy was trying to have you consume. That's why the enemy was trying to keep you lustful. That's why the enemy was trying to keep you in divorce. That's why the enemy was trying to make you feel like you were unworthy. He knew the hell that you had brought through would give you leverage and give you authority because when your testimony became what Jesus did, my God, my God, my God, when your testimony became what Jesus did, it would change your position. It would change your position. And then when you had to go minister and you had to go teach somebody and you had to share with somebody and you had to say you were overcoming by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony, when you were testifying to what Jesus did, it was going to give you keys to unlock something in a person. It was going to give you keys to change the position. That's why he fought you so hard in your money. That's why he fought you so hard in your relationship. See, but the Lord knew once you advance, Jesus knew if I give them the keys, if they understand the keys to the kingdom, if they understand that it's really about kingdom, if they understand the position, then they'll understand that no weapon formed against them shall prosper and they will become bold in their spirit and they will walk in their authority and they will preach and teach kingdom. They will preach and teach kingdom. So when he said to them, I'm giving you the keys, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. God is, can I tell you something? But God is not obligated to bind an ungodly position. So this is what you need to understand about binding and loosing that we've missed for a long time. He, he was saying to them, he, he was saying to heaven, kingdom. Jesus was here teaching kingdom. He was saying to them, he said, there are laws, my God, there are laws in the kingdom. There are things that are allowed in the kingdom. And what he was saying to them is if you will bring kingdom, if you will bring heaven to your world, if you will bind what's allowed in heaven to your world, if you will begin to live out a godly life, that's why Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to give it to you. If you will begin to bring heaven to earth, if you will begin to align your will with my will, guess what? We're going to see the manifestation of kingdom on heaven. See, we thought it was about what we speak. It's not about what we speak. It's about what you speak according to the living word of God. So I'm going to give you the kings of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. See, what you didn't know is whatever is already bound in heaven is what we need to bring to the earth. That's why he said "Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was trying to get a steadfast to understand we're binding 
things on this earth that do not align with heaven. We're, we're binding things on this earth that did not live in heaven. So you need to be able to say to yourself, if it ain't in heaven, it ain't supposed to be in my life. If it ain't in heaven, it's not supposed to be in my life. If it's not in heaven, if it's not in heaven, if it's not in Jesus, then it's not supposed to be in my life because he's already given me the keys to bind. And then whatever is loosed in heaven, peace, prosperity, joy, love, all the keys that are in heaven are supposed to be loose in my life. But if it ain't in heaven, it's not supposed to be a part of my life. Ladies, remember when we were in Bible study, we learned about those principalities and those things that are not a part of heaven. So if they're not a part of heaven, and I'm going to cover that in just a minute, they're not supposed to be a part of your life. That was the spiritual authority. That's what binding and Lucy meant it meant I'm taking what's in heaven and applying it and learning it and operating in my life that's why the enemy has fought you so long and didn't want you to have a devotional relationship with God that's why he didn't want you to get no word in you that's why he wanted you to be stuck to a religion that's why he didn't want you to fall into the relationship he didn't want you to practice the presence he didn't want you to be in the presence of God because he knew if you were in the presence of God that it would begin to change you he knew if you were in the presence of God, whatever was bound in your life that did not align with heaven, you would get revelation for him and you would begin to do it. See, we've been praying, Lord, remove this. Lord, help me. You're supposed to ask the Lord for help. But he said, you put off. You put off. Well, you won't have the authority to put something off if you don't know that it's not allowed in heaven. It's not allowed in heaven. So how do I get to understand what's allowed in heaven? Through God's holy word. If it's not allowed in heaven, it's not supposed to be a part of your life. God did not. Well, it's just a little bit of sin. Ain't no such thing as a little bit of sin. Ain't no sin in heaven for God is holy and nothing sinful can be connected to him. My God, Lakeisha, well, how do I do, do this? Through Jesus Christ. The more that you are in line with God, the more his will will manifest for your life. That's why it says put off the old man, put off the former things, put off things that do not align to the will of God and we'll be holding on to them because the enemy has brought us such comfort in those things. He brought us comfort in those things because he wanted us to be confused about what was the man of Christ, mind of Christ and what was the will of God. He wanted us to be confused about what was the mind of Christ and what was the will of God? Y'all see why he fought us on this word this morning? Y'all feel like y'all understand why he's tried to stop the devotion on this morning? You, you understand why he didn't want this to come forth? He didn't want you to get revelation of knowledge because the only way that you were going to be able to receive this this morning. So we've been tolerating things, right? We've been tolerating things. We've been dealing. And the word tells us, it says Psalms 97 and 10. Oh, you who love the Lord, hate evil, right? Hey, evil. He preserves the lives of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. And so when people tell us, oh my gosh, you know, we got to be tolerant. Toleration. We are not supposed to be tolerable of anything that's against kingdom. We're not supposed to tolerate it. If it's anti-kingdom, it is not supposed to be tolerated in our life. Are we supposed to walk in love? Yep. Are we supposed to? Come on now, Paula Williams. Diseases, sickness, brokenness. None of those are in heaven. Yes, it clears up a lot. It cleared up a lot for me. What is not allowed in heaven is not supposed to be in my life. If it doesn't go on in heaven, it doesn't go on in my life. First Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither sexual, moral, 
adulterers, adulterers, men who practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. It ain't no black or no, it ain't no gray. It's black and white. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in him. And I'm going to show you something. This is why the enemy has been trying to keep you out of the presence of God. And he cannot keep on sinning because he was born of God. When we are in the presence of God, when we are practicing God's presence, when we are putting off the old man and putting on the word, when we are trusting in the word, that's why you had to come out of some places. That's why you couldn't be connected to some of the same people. That's why you couldn't be doing some of the same old stuff. Because if you continued in it, you would not be abiding in his word. You cannot can I tell you something? You be, oh, I'm going to kick sin out of my life. I'm going to bind sin out of my life. Do you know how you bind sin out of your life? Get an understanding of the word of God. Once you get a revelation of the word of God and the word of God is in you and all that fallow ground is broken up, you, ain't, you, don't, you don't think to sin. You don't, stuff I used to think about, you don't, I don't think about no more. As a matter of fact, when it comes up, I'm able now to recognize it and go, this ain't God, this ain't heaven, this ain't kingdom, this ain't Jesus, right? But my sinful na nature was attached to it. And as long as I'm attached to it, I can't bind it. As long as I'm attached to it, I can't bind it. As long as I tolerate it, I can't bind it. As long as I say it's okay, I cannot bind it. I cannot walk in the authority that I'm supposed to walk in, in Christ Jesus, as long as I give permission, as long as I say it's okay, as long as I've, I've allowed it to exist. And so it will, the Bible says, do not judge. It does. Clearly, I ain't asking you to judge nobody else. I'm asking you to judge yourself. I tell y'all that all the time. If you mind your own business, stay in your own lane and work out your own. You got too much work to do on yourself to be looking at what somebody else doing. You got too much work on yourself to be looking at what somebody else doing. You got too much work. Your only thing should be done in a petition of prayer. Your only thing should be done in a petition of prayer. If it ain't in kingdom, that's what binding and loosing means. If it's not a part of kingdom, that kingdom come, y'all will. If it's not a part of kingdom, it's not should be in my life. So then I can take authority over it if it comes into my life. Well, the only way I'm going to be able to take authority over it is if I'm in the presence of God, I understand who Jesus is. Is, and then the word of God will begin to move upon me and change me. Small bites still equal to meal. That's why the enemy didn't want you to have no devotional because he knew if you had some devotional and he knew you had enough word in you, then you will begin to fight these things, not in your own strength, but in Christ Jesus. And every time the enemy came in like a flood, the word will become a standard and you will be saying and talking the word all day long. That's why it says we should talk in Psalms. That's why I said we should talk in songs. That's why I said, do do not be in strife. So you got to go back and say, oh my God, what area in my life have I signed off on that doesn't look like kingdom? What have I said? What have I signed? What have I petitioned? That's why he said, by your words, you will. He said, on the day of judgment, man will be judged by every word, not every word that comes out your mouth. Jesus spoke this. Every word that comes out your mouth, every word that comes out your mouth, man's going to be judged by that. By my words, I'm going to be quitted and by my words, I'm going to be condemned. And so if I'm planting words, if I'm speaking in words that are outside the kingdom, that's why it says be slow to speak and quick to listen. That's why y'all shouldn't be talking so much. That's why you shouldn't be posting so much. Well, God gave me a gift of communication. Good. You're supposed to be communicating kingdom. You're supposed to be projecting kingdom. And if your life ain't projecting kingdom, then you're probably outside. See, there's a way that, that, that man will think is successful. 
would think it's successful. And we won't even ask God about his godly success for our life and his wisdom. And we attach all these things to our businesses and we attach all these things to our life and we attach all these things to our relationship and then things go wrong, right? We get into divorces, go wrong because we ain't got no kingdom in our marriage. We ain't got no kingdom in our marriage. Ain't no kingdom in our marriage. Our our marriage was never built on kingdom. We were in a church. We said, come on, Holy Spirit. We were in a church. We said, Lord God, hallelujah. We said all these different things. We made vows before Christ, but ain't no kingdom been in our marriage. Everything that we've been practicing in our marriage has been according to the word. Everybody think we've been practicing in our marriage is according to what the therapist told us. We don't have anything in the results. Same thing with our children. Got unlawful children because ain't no kingdom in our children. And we ain't bring no kingdom to our kids. We ain't bring no kingdom to our kids because if we had brought some kingdom to our kids, our kids will begin to manifest as kingdom kids, even if we don't see it right now, even if we don't see it now, because actually the scripture tells us train up a child in the way he should go. And then if he departs, guess what? He's going to circle right back on. He's going to circle right back on. So if you know you trained up your child in the way he should go, all you got to do is be, you got to be like the father with the son. When is he, I'm waiting on him to come back. I got to call forth kingdom in my life. If I'm going to really practice binding and loosening, I'm only allowing in my life what's kingdom. I'm only allowing in my life what the word says. So how do I get to this point? Can I show, can I show you something? How can I get to this point? Can I give you what happened with Moses? Can I show you what happened with Moses real quick? Every time we are in the presence of God, we become transformed. That is why the enemy has fought you about being in the presence of God. That's why he's fought you. That's why he did not want you in the presence of God, because he knew if you were in the presence of God, that you were going to be transfigured, that you were going to be transformed, that you were going to begin to live life differently, that you were going to be uh, begin to see your kingdom authority and power, that you were going to understand you could trample on serpents, that you could understand you would lay hands on the sick, that you could understand that the keys have been given through you through Christ Jesus. That's why he wanted you haughty. That's why he wanted you prideful. That's why he wanted you caught up on things of this earth. I am I'm getting to the point. I'm just telling you me where I don't care nothing about the stuff on this earth. I'm just getting to this point where I don't care. The stuff on this earth doesn't matter anymore. No job matters. No house matters. No clothes. Why? Because the scripture keeps coming up in me when Jesus was talking to them in Matthew and he said to them, why are you worried about the things on this earth? I already know what you stand in need of. But if you will start asking, seeking, knocking and talking to me about letting your kingdom come and your will be done in this earth, I will begin to transform everything according to you. So let's go over to the story of Moses. Let's look. But this is by spirit. This is not by flesh. This is by spirit. This is by your spirit. So when Moses goes up in the mountain, Moses went up on the mountain. There was some significant things that happened. And as he's going up in the mountain, there's some specific things that the Lord told him. I love this scene between God and Moses because everybody couldn't go. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Naab and Abu and 70, 70 of the elders of Israel. You are to worship at a distance, but Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The Lord has said, we all said we will do Moses then wrote down everything. The Lord said he got up early the next morning. 
Told y'all something about that early time and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up a 12 stone pillar representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in the bowls and the other half. Now we have Jesus. We don't have to do this. Then he took the book of the covenant and he read it to the people. They responded. We will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses and Aaron, Nahab and Abu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something, my God, like pavement made of laps lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. That's a stone. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelite. They saw God and they ate and they drank. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here. And I will give you the tablets of stone and the law and commandments I've written under the instructions. Then Moses sent out with Joshua his aid and Moses went up on the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you, Aaron and her are with you and anyone involved in the dispute can go to them. They needed their leadership. When Moses went up the mountain, the cloud covered it. The presence of the Lord is where you need to be. I'm just telling you, if you want to practice binding and loosing, it's in his presence. He says to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire. The glory of the Lord will burn up the chaff. The glory of the Lord will take away. If you've been trying to figure out how to get out of strongholds and you've been trying to figure out how to see God move, if you've been trying to figure out what needs to happen next, it's in its presence because in its presence, the glory of the Lord is going to burn up anything in you that does not look like him. It says, then Moses entered the cloud as he went upon the mountain and he stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The Lord said to Moses, he starts giving him all this instructions. He talks about the Ark of the Covenant. He talks about the table. He talks about the lampstands. He just, we're in Exodus, this is 24, 26. And he just keeps sharing with him all the different things. He's giving him specific instructions on how they need to live, on the things they need to do, on the fact that they need to have no other gods before them. He's giving them instructions. The Lord is always going to give you instructions. He's not going to leave you without the instructions you need. He talks about the priestly garments. He goes on and on and on. And if you skip on and you keep going in the scripture, when Moses comes down off that mountain, my God, when Moses comes down off that mountain, they cannot even begin or look upon Moses' face because the glory of the Lord is so strong up on him. There's something about being when he was on the mountain, he was coming into God's will for his life. He was coming into God's will. God was the consuming fire. He was burning everything up on Moses that did not look like God. And as long as he stayed in his presence, the transformation would come. Let's go look at Abraham for a second. Same thing happened with Abraham. We see in Genesis. Can I show you something? Can I show you something? So Moses is transfigured and transformed on the mountain. Right, God? So when God is pulling you or calling you up to a mountain, you can't be afraid. You can't be upset when God is calling you to alone time when God is saying spend more time with me when God is telling you to abandon these things when God is telling you to come out amongst your friend when God is pulling you into isolation you're only going to experience the glory of the Lord you're only going to be able to walk in your full authority authority by being in his presence <laughs> 
then you're not going to be in his presence. The enemy has made us afraid to be alone. The enemy has made us afraid to pursue the things of God. The minute enemy has brought so much fear. When God told us in Timothy, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. If you are afraid to be in my presence, if you are afraid to be alone, that didn't come. Let's skip over to Abraham. Let's talk about Abraham. Let's get over here to Abraham. It says the Lord's covenant with Abraham. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am. His name is not Abraham yet. He has yet to cut covenant with God. And I want to show you something significant. He said, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? Childless. And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. He was talking about his servant. And Abram said, you give, have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be an heir. Then the word of the Lord is still another word from the Lord. The word of the Lord came to him. The man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I'm the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you the land to take possession. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, how can I know I will gain possession? The Lord said to him, bring me a heifer. So they cut covenant, right? Abraham falls into a deep sleep, right? Darkness comes over him. Then the Lord said to him, know for certain that for 400 years, your de descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own. And they will be saved. He was giving him prophetic instruction saying, I already know your people going to mess up. Right. I already know your people going to mess up. I already know things going to be harsh. I already think no things going to be crazy. But if you will settle on the fact that what I promised you, no matter what you see happening over the next 40, 400 years, if you'll teach your people your laws, if you'll teach your command, no matter what you see, I promise my promise is a promise is a promise. It's not going to change. Right. So we see that happening. And Genesis. Now, here is where this gets interesting. God speaks that to, to Abraham in Genesis 12, right? God speaks that to Abraham in Genesis 12. What we don't see, what we don't see is the manifestation of the covenant cut between God, right? And Abraham until later. But let me tell you what happened in the in-between time. God gives Abraham a promise. And then what happens next is Sarah makes a decision. Sarah says to him, I need you to create this. Don't wait on God. God ain't came. I'm too old to have a child. I, 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 we can't wait on God to produce what he says. I'm just going to say it. So we see in between Genesis 12 and G Genesis 17, almost 13 years before the promise of God. And I'm just saying, perhaps the promise ain't manifested. Perhaps the promise ain't manifested because we've been trying to do it ourselves, right? Perhaps we can't take the authority because we've been doing it ourselves. Perhaps Lakeisha, it ain't manifested yet because you've been trying to do it yourself. God, Abraham was 75 years old when God gave him this promise. He's not, he was 86 when God gave birth to Ishmael. Isaac does not hit the scene until later. He does not cut covenant with him. What happened in the 13 years? What happened in the 13 years? The prolong of the 13 years, perhaps, could be because they tried to operate in his own strength and they, pr they produced an Ishmael. And, and there was a judgment of God that came against this. And so it wasn't until 99 that God comes back and says, 
You now walk before me blameless and now I'm going to confirm. So perhaps he had to be refined. Perhaps he had to be prepared. Perhaps he had to have some stuff burned up in him. Perhaps he had to learn the ways of God. Perhaps he had to come understanding. So when we see this 13 years later, actually God is renewing his covenant with God. He's being in the presence of God and it's changing. He's being in the presence of God. He's practicing the presence of God and he's changing. And God has to come confirm because guess what? They had tried to do it all. Let's go over to Jacob. I'm just providing you with some facts so that you can understand how important it is for you to be in God's presence. That if you're going to bind and walk in authority, if you're going to experience heaven on earth, it's in Genesis 32, 22 through 30, 32, Jacob is wrestling with God. And when Jacob is wrestling with God, right? Can I tell you what happened before he began to wrestle with God? He was just lying. He was just thieving. He had just ran from Laban. Go back and read Genesis 31. He was just caught. He had just stole some stuff. His wives had stole some stuff. I'm telling you, it's something about spouses that pull you out of covenant with God. If your spouse going to pull you out of covenant with God, you need to be on your face asking the Lord about that spouse. If every time somebody has been pulled, it's been out of spouse is because their spouse is out of covenant with God. I'm just saying Rachel stole some God, some stuff happened in this story. So you got to go over to the 32nd, 31st verse. He has so much garbage going on in him. Well, when we get to the point where we see Jacob in Genesis 32, he got up, he took his two wives. He was on the run, run. He had dealt with the issue with Laban. Laban had come. God had told Laban not to trust him. He dealt with the issue with Laban, right? They go and he goes and he encounters God. And he says to God, I will not let go until you bless me. I will not let go until you restore me. I will not let go until it manifests in my life. And he held on to God. There is something about being in his presence. And the only way that you're going to fight, that you're going to be able to bind, that you're going to be able to experience heaven on earth is that you are in his presence. And then God says to him in the 28th verse, then a man said, your name will not no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. You got to hear that your name. So he said, now I'm going to name you Israel. Now I'm going to change your name. Now I'm going to put you into a blessed state. Now I'm going to put you into a blessed place, but it's not until you're in my presence. It's not until you're transformed. It's not. And that's what he said. He said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you've struggled with God. You struggle with humans and you've overcome and I'm overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. My God, you can't tell me about how significant and how, and how important it is. So if we're going to practice binding and loosing, if we're really going to learn how to bind and loose and walk into the spiritual authority in which Christ Jesus gave me, we're going to have to practice being in his presence. We're going to have to be in his presence. You've been trying to do 50, 11 other things. You've been naming it and claiming it. You've been thinking it's about this house. You've been thinking about this car. You've been thinking about, but the spiritual authority that's been given you in Christ Jesus is only going to come in his presence. And when you understand the fullness of what this word says, that you understand that you're a spirit. Luke 10, 19 said, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all over all the power of enemy and nothing shall hurt me. Well, if I'm practicing his presence, and I'm in his words and I know that nothing shall hurt me, then what am I afraid of? That's why the enemy came 
at you when you were young, making you afraid. That's why you used to have all them nightmares, dreams, see stuff in your house. Because he knew if you became fearful, right, then you wouldn't want to be in God's presence and you wouldn't want to deal with principalities. Luke 9 and 1, he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Matthew 28 and 18, and Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Romans 13, 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. James 4 and 7, remember, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. In your submission to God, you're going to get the authority you need to be able to resist the devil and he's going to flee. You're going to get the authority you need to be able to resist the devil and he will flee. So what kind of things am I supposed to be binding, Lakeisha? What kind of things am I supposed to be binding? What is not supposed to be a part of my life? What's in heaven that's not a part of my life? If you go over to Proverbs and you go over to Galatians, there's a clear list that says these are the things. These is, This is not what will not enter heaven. This is not what's in heaven. So if I'm going to say in the name of Jesus, it must go. It must go because he said, if you ask according to my name, right? He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, adultery, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's what you need to bind. That's what's been interfering with your promise. Those are the things that have been coming in a way. You got to go back and study those things. You got to meditate on those things. You got to be like, oh my God, these are the things that have not been allowing the fullness of what I need to, to manifest in my life. And the reason that they can't manifest in my life the way that they supposed to is because I've been practicing these things. I haven't been binding these things for my life. These things are loose and ran, running rampant in my life. Go over to Proverbs. My God, pride. I told y'all pride is subtle. Pride is slick. Pride is so slick. We won't even know we're being prideful, but how do I come? How do I discern these things? How do I figure these things out? It's by being in the presence of the Lord. That's why can I tell you something? Remember when I told you, remember when I told you entertainment was sent here to deceive us and we spend so much time wanting to be entertained, right? So go over here. It says, these are the six things the Lord hates. Seven things he detests, haughty eyes, a lion tongues, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evils. I'm going to get her back. Come on. Feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who sows discord in family. And then keep the, and then you go down, says, my son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instructions. Keep the words always in your neck. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way of life. It will keep you from a moral woman, from smooth tongues of promiscuous promiscuous women it will keep you from lusting wisdom gives you all things well how are you going to get the wisdom through the word of god that's why the enemy fights you on your time that's why he don't want you to spend enough time with god that's why he keeps lying to you well you got to be balanced you you better be in this word you, you better be in this word. You better be in this word so that you can be transformed into the image of God. So true binding is refusing to allow whatever is in heaven, 
What's not in heaven into your life. I just gave you a list of those things. You got to go back and ask the Holy Spirit. Show me where I've allowed these things. If depression is in your life. Ain't no depression in heaven. In the name of Jesus. That's why I ain't got. I bind. You ain't got to be all that. In the name of Jesus. Depression you must go. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Doubt you must go. In the name of Jesus. Fear you must go. In the name of Jesus. Unworthiness you must go. In the name of Jesus. Slack you must go. God already told us don't be slothful. God have already told us not giving permission for this to be legal in your life. My God, in the name of Jesus, indecisiveness must go. Then he told me, what are the fruits? What are the things that are fruitful for, that come from me spending time with God? These things fight your fruitfulness. So go over to Galatians 5 and he says, also, these are the ones that live in life by the spirit, right? I'm going to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Everything listed before has been fighting you, has been fighting you. It's been fighting you. Things that came from your past, things that came in the name of Jesus. I don't care if it's generational or not. When I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, ain't no more generational curses. So we're always generational curses in our family. No, I'm not in, under the curse. I'm not under the curse because I understand the blood and I understand that it's not on my own strength. And I understand when I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it severed the cord of the blood. And so in my spiritual authority, in the name of Jesus, my spirit, soul, my generations, they're gone because he already promised me redemption in this. Matthew 18, 18, 20. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. When I come in agreement with heaven's will for my life, then heaven is going to be experienced in my life. When I come in agreement or when I come in disagreement and say, this is not allowed, this is loosed in my life, joy, peace, love, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All those fruits will produce whatever else you want, but it's in his presence. Every person that was transformed and walked into the fullness of who they were called to be was in the presence of the Lord. That's it. It was in the presence of, it was in the presence of the Lord. Sickness, disease, all of that's coming as a distraction. All of that's coming. Yeah. All of that is not in heaven in the name of Jesus. That's why I be, that's why I talk to my body. I, I ain't no heaven. Mm, I ain't got no sickness. Ain't no heaven. Ain't no headaches. Ain't no people be trying to tell you prescription. If they got a prescription for it. It's not in heaven. Heaven ain't got no disease. Can I share something with y'all? When my husband was leaving here, he said this to me and it was really big. He said, I need to share something with you. He said, for a long time, we've been confused about healing. He said, and this is what I need you to know. If I go be with my father, right? My healing doesn't occur here. You better believe when I get to heaven, I'm going to be healed. You better believe if I get to heaven, I, I want to be healed. I want to be healed. You better believe that I'm going to be healed. So if the hell, healing didn't manifest here on this earth, it, God's grace is enough to sustain me. His wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, his resources will come even in a painful time. I didn't get all this now. I get it. He said, by the time I hit heaven's gates, you better believe sickle cell won't be my <laughs> sickle cell will not be my story. You better believe by the time I hit heaven's gates, if my healing does not manifest here, I am still here. That's the glory. That's the testimony, right? So we have to watch grief, grief, right? Ain't no grief in heaven. God ain't grieving over nobody that died. Come on now. God ain't grieving over nobody that died. When Jesus had compassion, he had compassion over their hurt for Lazarus. God ain't grieved because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. <laughs> 
So why would God be grieving? If God ain't grieving for no long time and I'm made in his image, I got to assert in my spirit and say, you know what? Grief in the name of Jesus, grief, you got to go. You got to go because you're trying to take over me. When I asked the Lord to show me this in the spirit, Sarah had just died. It said Abraham knelt. He got up and he went and pursued purpose. He knelt. He got up and he went and pursued purpose. He went after the things of God. He went into the presence of God. He stayed in the presence of God. All of these things are sent to pull you from the presence of God. They're sent to pull you from the presence of God. They don't want you to be in the presence of God. Now, there are some things they, 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 they come in a form. But if you allow the glory of God to heal you, my God, what a word. If you allow the glory of God, if you allow the word of God to heal you in your worst circumstances. Remember, before I came on, before the video started messing up, I was talking about taking my frustration to God. If you take your frustration to God, if you say, Lord, I'm casting all my cares. If you won't make anything up, if you won't do it on your own strength, if you will begin to really seek out God for the answers, if something is confusion, if you begin to pray, that's why he said, I really wish you would pray in tongues. If you will begin to seek out God for the answers, then it'll begin to manifest and transform you and you'll be over to come up, come up, come over. That's why you need solid, sound kingdom teaching. So binding and losing, I'm binding the name of, no, <laughs> in the name of Jesus, these things have to go. And then I'm going to get in the word and to be in the presence of God. So these strongholds and things can break off my life. So then I can go and move in the fullness of who God called me to be because they've been bound to me like chains locking me in place, keeping me from walking in my authority. And God is trying to keep, keep, put keys in my hands so that I can go advance kingdom. Well, he can't put the keys to something to get free from something in my hand until I've overcome it. That's why Jacob was able to walk in, walk out as Israel. He had just go read chapter 31. He had just been lying. And then God comes and said, because you held on to me. I'm going to transform you in my image because you held on to me because you overcame me and you overcame man. That ought to be your word today. Now you can go and I'm going to cut covenant with you when you become Israel because you made a decision not to give up because you made a decision to make me first because you made a decision that I'm going to hold on to God no matter what. I'm going to press into your presence. I'm going to learn what this word say. I'm going to take small bites. I'm not going to try to rush it and do it because of that. I'm going to do so whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven because it's already not a light. It's not legal in heaven. It's not legal. If it's not legal in heaven, it ain't legal in your life. And that calls for sin and all that other stuff too. You just gotta, you just gotta understand God's perspective of you. You just got to understand what Jesus did for you. And if you understand what Jesus said, it's 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey God. That's why it says John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they will follow me. My God, right? First John five, four and five says for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. It's our faith. It's trusting the word. Like no matter what, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is son. Let me go. We got to go. I love y'all. We got to go. 
We got to go. This is a word. This is a word. We're going to chew on this. Can I tell you something? It doesn't, it doesn't matter if something seems repetitive. Keep chewing on it. Keep chewing on the word of God. What does the word of God say about me? What is God saying about me? What does he say about my future? This is why you need the Holy Spirit as well, because he'll help you understand whatever you can't understand. He'll help you understand, but you got to know what God has said about you and not. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds, right? We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You're going to have to take your thoughts captive. You're going to have to know what the word says. You're going to have to know where you're compromising. You're going to have to know what Jesus has said about you and understand the authority. He said, my sheep hear my voice, right? So when I'm caught up in something, I ain't got no business. If I'm in his presence and he's saying, come your butt back over here. Come here. Come here. That ain't of me. Come here. That's false doctrine. Come here. He ain't for you. Come here. That ain't a situation that I want to go in. Come here. That ain't, that ain't none of your business. Come here. Come here. Get back over here. You're going outside my protection. You're going outside my will for your life. You ain't got to be confused about nothing. All you got to do is get in the presence of God and God will straighten all of this out, but you got to practice. You got to be in his presence daily. You got to have devotional time to him. You got to keep, yeah, Keila, you got to keep chewing and don't try to, Oh, I'm on. You don't want zeal. You don't want to be just zealous for God without knowledge. You want to be zealous and with knowledge, you want to have the word of God in you so that you can walk in the fullness of who God called you to be. I got to go. I love y'all. I could do this all day. I could teach the word all day long. I know why Jesus sat out and taught the word. I could teach the word. Holy Spirit, is there anything else that you want me to share with them? Uh, binding and loosing is not on you. It's already been established in heaven. It's already been established in heaven. So you need to go and ask, what does the word say? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Binding and loosing is not on you. It's not what you determine. It's already been established in heaven. Jesus already said what's kingdom and what's not kingdom. You need to seek the word so that you understand what's kingdom and not kingdom in Jesus name. Let me pray over you. Father God, we thank you for this word today. We thank you for teaching us how to press in the word. We thank you. This is a sovereign word. Give us a revelation. Let it not fall on deaf ears. Let it be planted in our heart so that we can go multiply for your glory. There's a depth we need to go in you. We, we, we thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We, in the name of Jesus, every stronghold, every strong tower, every demonic force, every lying spirit, every lazy spirit, every contentious spirit, every lewd spirit, every crude spirit, every spirit of sexual immorality, my God, spirit of doubt, spirit of fear, spirit of worry, spirit of dissension. Spirit Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, Log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.